0: and welcome to another DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches, and with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author. Today we are talking about the Devoaha, which is our March Madness-style tournament, but just for romance novels. We're going to talk about what categories we're going to have this year, what books we think should absolutely be in each category, and whether something that came out in 2011 is a 2012 book or not. I totally lost that argument. Now, on with the podcast.
1: So, Jane, should there be an erotica category this year? I think that in the past, that when we started the when we started the uh, contest, erotic romance versus erotica, which I think is very different, um, was marginalized, and we wanted to be able to highlight that area of the book or, or those types of books in a way that they weren't being um, recognized. In other places, right? Um, I I do think the book mainstream books have gotten increasingly sexier, right? And and it's harder to differentiate between um, very sexy romances and erotica, erotic romance. But my definition of erotic romance has always been the exploration of the relationship within the uh, within or excuse me, the advancement of a relationship within the exploration of sex. And I think a good example of that would be, for example, the the uh, recent publication of Jasmine Haynes' The Principal's Office, wherein the heroine is a single mom, recently divorced, and she meets um, uh, a gentleman. And over the course of the book, they engage in various sex play. And through in their sex life is a metaphor for, um, or not a metaphor, that's a bad example or a bad word. It's um, their sex life drives the conflict Mm -hmm. and the plot because she's engaging in increasingly more uh, risky behaviors Mm -hmm. and uh, at both in her personal life uh, and in her sex life because she's newly divorced and doing things and being forced to do things that she hadn't, had to do in the past. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of pushing her boundaries in both areas. Right. And then ultimately she has to embrace that in order to achieve her happy ever after, that it's okay for, ha- for her to have these non-mainstream sexual desires. Right. Whether it's, you know, videotaping her, um, herself, having slightly public sex, engaging in some kinky BDSM and that sort of thing. Um, and the recognition, rec- recognizing that, you know, as an adult woman, she has the right to not only have this kind of sex, but be proud that she's having this kind of sex. Right. So to me, that is a true erotic romance, whereas J.C. Burton's book is just a really dirty contemporary romance. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean that in a good way.
0: Oh, no, I I completely understand what you mean. I, I think you said it perfectly that so many romances are now so very sexualized with so much more Sexual content—that it's hard to determine what is exactly an erotic romance and what isn't. It's not as if they're confined to one line. There are blazes that I've read that were a tenth as sexual as some uh, Harlequin desires, right? And if you measure—is the measurement of erotic content the number of sexual scenes, the number of orifices used, the number of people involved, the number of uh, accessories that get involved into the into the scene? Is it the the laws of gravity that are defied? How do you define it? I think that it doesn't need to be its own category simply because if it, there is good erotic content within a romance, it'll find its way into one of the categories on its own. All right. Well, you've convinced me. I, I didn't think it was that hard of a job, counselor, but OK. <laughs> Never go up against someone whose job it is to win arguments. Take this from me. <laughs> I'm surrounded by lawyers everywhere. I think I, think I need, just need to go to law school and convert. I think everyone should go to law school. Why? Because we like debt? (laughs) Debt is delicious. (laughs) I I feel like I get like a special dispensation for being surrounded by lawyers and understanding legal speak, even though myself, I cannot speak it. It's like being partially fluent in something. (laughs) Like I can understand some pieces of Catalan, which is the language you speak in Barcelona. Which is an entirely separate language from Spanish. I can understand some of it, but I can't speak it. and I can read and sort of parse the meaning of Portuguese, but I can't speak that either. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I understand like a tenth of a language so so the categories are going to be contemporary historical novella, paranormal, y a category GLBT and uh, some romantic elements slash crossover. Right. all right. I will make a spreadsheet, and we can start filling that in with our choices and then have big, huge arguments for the sake of the podcast. What is one book that you would want to put in each one?
1: Oh my friggin God
0: <laughs> I think for historical um a lady awakened
1: no, that's not a two thousand eleven publication. yes, it
0: is it said december 26, two thousand
1: eleven It's not allow my bloggers to put that in their 2011 um best of list i put it in my 2011 best of list. well i i just allowed <laughs> it it's not happening and here's why because technically it is a january release and that's how it, we've always done it oh i am looking at it right now i'm not allowing it in
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah fuck now i'm doomed all right fine looking at it here
1: totally it will be next year it will be the says, top of De- the list next year
0: december 27 2011 and i would like to argue though i can see that it can be on next year's i would like to argue that if a baby were born on december 27 2011 their parents would be claiming them
1: on their 2011th tax tax return so, however that is not how publishing works yes well, i know at the very end of the month they're considered a next month's release
0: yes and publishing is wrong <laughs>
1: all right fine so it can't be
0: historical crap monkeys all right i am putting for my historical i am going to put unveiled by courtney milan on my list this this is by the way not an indication that these books will absolutely be on the bracket this is just what i want to put on the bracket however the actual decision of the bracket is um much arguing
1: i make the bracket (laughs)
0: And I'm allowed to suggest things, but because I don't have a law degree, I don't get to make decisions. <laughs> I just have a BA and a bit of an MA. I don't have any JD, so no, I don't get to it's make. Because
1: them. I I run the turbo curse software. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, she's running boot camp, so she sticks a boot in my ass and says, "These are my picks. Shut up." All right, <laughs> I'm allowed to make gentle suggestions, and I'm allowed to throw a big hissy fit. That's that's about the reach of my powers.
1: <laughs> that's not true at all. It's a, it's a. It's a um, mutually agreeable slate of candidates.
0: Yeah. Eventually what happens is we email back and forth, and then we get really tired of discussing it, and one of us will reach the end and say, fine, fine, you win. Usually
1: it's me. <clears throat> All right. Actually, don't. sometimes we have trouble thinking up the eight. Yes, it's true. Uh, what I Did for a Duke by Julie Ann Long would be historical? a historical pick.
0: I like that one. I'm actually writing it down. You can hear me typing. Dee Sorry about that, people. I like that one. Um paranormal. I confess to being so paranormal
1: that I haven't read that many. Dragonbound by Thea Harrison. Oh, good pick. Absolutely. Heart of Steel by Teresa or Teresa Weir. By Mel Jean This um, is clearly a
0: category you know more about than I do. Yes. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, I know. Novellas. Crap. I have to, oh, monkey butt. Um, novellas, the wild and steamy anthology, uh, Mel Jean Brooks' story and Jill Miles's story both rocked my world. And poor Carolyn Crane, I didn't like it as much. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. what
1: about Unlocked by Courtney Milan? That bag- was my that one was of my a good favorite one. books of last year. That
0: I've read that several times. I liked that book about as much as I liked Holiday Sparks last year in 2010, which is still a novella that I've read like eight times. So Jill Miles's story is Vixen, and then Meljean Brook's story. What was it called? I really liked the the Miles and the Brooks story in those. So those are my novella picks.
1: So I think we'd both agree for contemporary yours to keep.
0: Oh yes. No question. Yep, yours to keep is definitely in there. And um the the <laughs> how Sarah remembers books by Sarah. The one with <laughs> the one with the um pink dress by Julie James. Was that a 2011? That's purple dress. I beg your pardon. Pink dress Julie James is 2010. <laughs> That's something about you. Purple dress Julie James was 2011, which is A Lot Like Love. And I'm sorry to say that her next book in 2012, the heroine's wearing a black dress and the hero's wearing a gray suit. I'm totally doomed. I'm gonna be like the one that had no color. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I remember books. I suck. So yes, A Lot Like Love by uh, Julie James. Uh,
1: for YA, A Girl of Fire and Thorns by Ray Carson. Oh, is that the one with the girl who had the
0: godstone in her belly button? Yes. I read that on an airplane, it scared the shit out of me. Really? <laughs> oh, it gave me the Ghiblies in a big way. That book was really amazing, but oh my goodness, there were parts where I was like, "Ah, something bad's going to happen to children!" <laughs> oh, <it> was... <laughs> I'm telling you, it's really my line of demarcation. I was totally enthralled by that book. I could not stop reading it, even though I had great feelings of dread, which did not come to pass. I wow, that book was like totally engaged all of my brain in a very pleasing way, especially because I was on a really long airplane flight. It was like five hours long. Yes, I agree. That is a good book. Okay, let's see. What about category? Um, the Karina Bliss book from early early last year. Here Comes the Groom. Here Comes the Groom.
1: Yes. Um, I liked uh, The Disgraced Playboy by Caitlin Cruz. And you liked The Dukakis' pr- Apprentice by Sarah Morgan.
0: Yes, but I also really liked what A Night of Scandal by Sarah Morgan.
1: Oh, well, maybe she'll have two. Usually when you have two books in a tournament, they cancel each other out. Yeah,
0: it, it, people really don't do it. doesn't happen very well. <clears throat> um, and what about there was a Mayberry that I really, really liked?
1: Well, she had two last year.
0: Which was the one that I really liked. It was the one that she wrote with her name on the cover, because that's part that I remember, because I suck. <laughs> Seriously, this is what it's like in my brain. I suck. <laughs> I cannot remember titles, especially harlequin titles. It's a terrible problem.
1: Um oh, Put Down uh, Before the Witches by Karina Cooper for Novella. I thought that was really good. Before the Witches? Before, Before. the Witches
0: by Karina Cooper. Got it.
1: Was it All They Need? There was uh, All They Need. That was the divorce story. Uh-huh. Um, and I really love, I really enjoyed that one. Best Laid Plans, that was the fertility friends to lovers story.
0: Maybe that was the one that I
1: liked. And then there was one good reason. Um,
0: is Best Laid Plans the umbrella one? The one where they have an umbrella on the cover? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the one with the red umbrella. See, it's all about color. <laughs> Purple dress, pink dress, red umbrella. Be- best Laid Plans was the one that I really loved.
1: All right, put it down because I gave that a B plus. Ooh, God, high praise.
0: Ooh, a B plus.
1: You know what a book I really enjoyed in the and it it's a short story, but it's a YA. It's Sophie and Carter. Um, I think it's I I don't I've never heard of this publisher before, so I don't know if it's like some author vanity press. Um <laughs> uh, <clears throat> like, you know, the made-up corporations that yes. authors use to make themselves seem like they're not self-published. Yes, like like Funky Shoes, LLC, as a publisher. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but um, I think you would actually enjoy this story. It's short, um, and it's about these two teenagers who live next door to each other, and they both have really troubled home lives. The one, one has a mother who's um, basically a prostitute, and... She the 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 daughter who's 17 and a senior is taking care of her um, younger two younger brothers and younger sister because her mom is never around. And the her next year neighbor, Carter, who is also a senior, takes care of his mom, who's, uh, you know, insane from being beaten by his father so many times. Oh, my. And. It's just a super sweet story. It was published last year or so um, in you June mean, of 2011. You want me to drop that into the novella category? Sure. I, I would recommend it to you. I bought it. I'll lend it to you. Oh, thank you. It's, I would appreciate uh, that. It's a really sweet romance, and it's kind of how they, it's written in alternating first person, and they both have feelings for each other, but neither have really acted on it because they're best friends. Right. And then they just realize that their feelings are much deeper than, than friendship. You know I have like a big old weakness for stories like that, right? I know. But it, oh,
0: I so love those. And
1: it's just, you know, they're very sweet characters, both of them. Oh, I like that. I was surprised at how much I like that. Then I also read, oh, well, let's go on. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that, I would recommend that for the YA selection.
0: Now, last night's scandal is a 2010. Silk is for seduction, no? Silk is for seduction. That was it. Thank you. For me to assist. Oh, another
1: in. YA book would be Angel Fall by Susan E. E. The book that I'm not gonna read. Right. <laughs> Here's another book that you uh probably shouldn't read, but if we have an erotic romance category. Which we don't, but oh well. Or maybe I would put, nominate it to be in crossovers. Which one? It's called Heat by R. Lee Smith. R. Lee? R. Lee. Oh, R. Lee Smith. I have not read. It is disturbing. Really? It's a romance, for sure. Oh, that always helps. I love it when they're disturbing, but it's a romance. Yeah. This... <clears throat> Um, so Da January told me about it, and she's like, "I, I shouldn't like this book, but this it's just so compelling." And finally, she finished it. She told me about all the really st- disturbing scenes in it, and then she wrote a review. And I read the review, and I'm like, "I, I got to read this." So she lent it to me, and um, it it when I got done with it, I. I thought well, if Quentin Tarantino wrote a space romance story about a criminal and his lover, this would be the story. That's awesome. <laughs> um, the criminal is, is this guy that's from outer space, from Jota, who comes to the is. earth to harvest um the hypothalamic um, stem. Is that what it's called? The hypothalamic, the, the in your brain, yes. To cre- To create a drug for his people and hmm. that he sells illegally interesting so you know he's killing all these humans and harvesting the dopamine from their brainstem and um he capture he like captures this girl and decides that he likes her and pretty much breaks her and remakes her <laughs> and There's just really horrifying scenes in it. Oh, I'm totally not reading it, but it sounds amazing. It is amazing. I I felt I wrote to her in the middle of the story and I said, can you get Stockholm Syndrome from reading a book?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not a syndrome I'm going to try to explore. Sorry.
1: Anyway. (laughs) But I mean, it really was... um, Oh, here's another YO, Oh, but I wonder when this was published. Ghost, it, it would be a novella, Ghost in the Machine by Barbara J. Hancock.
0: Let's take a look.
1: I'm looking it up. This. Oh, August 2011.
0: And this is a novella? Yes. That's a very happy category right now. We've got one, two, three, four, five, now six. If anyone is unfamiliar with the Deboja, what would you want them to know? Sixty-four books, one winner. Yep. And it's all romance. Well,
1: except for the crossovers. Except for the crossovers, category. which
0: have a strong romantic element, but it's it's just for romances. It's not like mystery goes up against literary fiction goes up against someone else. This is all the romance.
1: Right. Okay, so here's our tagline: 64 books, one champion. Get your game on.
0: Yes, that is our tagline.
1: It's a it's a tournament of books. Uh and we provide a slate of nominees, eight yep. books in eight categories. You fill out your bracket, and then once the tournament starts, you vote in line with your bracket, which and I you, you encourage you see, others to do as well. <laughs> right, and you encourage others to vote with you. The I encourage you to look at your bracket before you vote, because I saw on Twitter last year, <laughs> There were people who were voting and then realized that they had voted against their own bracket. Yes, you, you cannot should not win voting against your own bracket. Yes.
0: Check before you you click. It's like calling before you dig, only
1: much more important. Last year, Julie James won. Yes, and she and
0: Courtney Milan had the best final round videos to promote their books. The two of them had, and they're still on the Dubois site, at debuaha.com. That's D-A-B-W A-H-A. This is why Debuaha is why I am not allowed to name things anymore. Well, say what it stands
1: for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. There's a backstory. It's not just like I came up with this on my own. Within the first year of Smart Bitches, Candy and I decided to have an award, the Bitchery Writing Award for Hella Good Authors. The Boha. And then two years later. Jane said, I want to, I would love to do a March Madness tournament of books. I want to be a Bracketologist. So this tournament exists mostly so that Jane <laughs> can be a Bracketologist. <laughs> I mean, it, it's awesome to make prizes and it's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of fun. But it's also that on Jane's okay. CV, it also says Bracketologist in addition to Mean
1: Girl and Complete Douche Canoe. Oh, so- and also last year's winner was Chantel Madison. Yes, And she actually has a book coming out in 2012. Get out of town! No, Coveted, which is a um, werewolf book, I believe, published by Bantam, Valentine, and Dell. That is so excellent.
0: So anyway, when Jane said, I want to be a bracketologist, we decided, hey, well, how hard could it be to make a March Madness tournament of books? Because we were high. And so we started the tournament and because we needed to incorporate Dear Authors rule into it, it became Dubwaha, the Dear Author Bitchery Writing Award for hella good authors. Mm -hmm. And I've been told by many people that it should be renamed, but at this point, I think the name is so ridiculous. It just kind of sticks. And part of my favorite uh, section of the tournament is watching people on Twitter going, how do you say that? How do you say that word? I don't care how you say it. I just hope that you play. The, other best part of the tournament is the number of authors who donate really excellent prizes. Even for the Second Chance Tournament, which starts after the Sweet 16, right? Yeah, after the Sweet 16. And The wooden spoon for the worst, most horrible bracket that is so wrong, it might as well have been about an entirely different genre. That will get a prize as well. And the the prizes that authors come up with are excellent. There's mugs and chocolate and swag and books and gift certificates. And uh, one person did homemade lotions. Very
1: cool. Well, we should say that the, the slate of nominations represent what we believe to be the best in the genre. And by we, I'm talking about the DA reviewers, you, and a select couple other people. Like I've had other YA bloggers help me in the past because we haven't read a lot of YA. And so we're trying to get people who are wide read in the genre to offer up the best of the best. And so you know, while the book that wins might not be the book that everybody would vote for as being the best book of the genre, we really believe that we're slating 64 really excellent books. And what's fun is that people start reading those and then they're like, wow, I've discovered um, author A because of your tournament. So part of you know, we're celebrating what we believe are really great books published in 2011 in the genre.
0: And also, the number of people who talk about what they discover means that people begin to read outside of the genres that they usually look to i I tweeted a few minutes ago while we were recording this that you and I were planning the twenty twelve Duboja and somebody said last year's um so, somebody said last year's De introduced me to one of my current favorites Shannon Stacy, and this person never would have found this person never would have found that that book without the contest this is sam by the way who said it who's on twitter as fat lip gloss which i think is a marvelous twitter handle another thing that's important to remember about the tournament is that it's this sounds really cliche but it is really for fun we're not trying to start a war here we're not trying to start a battle this is this is for fun and for exploration of all of the different genres of romance and to to think about how one book stands up against another means that you have to think about your expectations in that genre. What do you expect when you read a novella? And that might be different than what you expect when you read a paranormal single title versus a category romance versus a YA. Your expectations of romance shift depending on the genre. And so when you think about one book versus another, especially after the books stop competing against each other in the categories and start facing other categories, that. That becomes a bigger question about how we as readers interact with the books. At least that's what I do because I tend to overthink everything. So that is all for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. The tournament begins with the same dates as the March Madness tournament with, you know, the basketball. Only ours is a little bit different. March 7th and 8th, there'll be a vote in. So you can choose or try to choose one book in each category that you think should be in there. We tally up the votes and we add each book either selected into each category. The schedule for the Dubwaha will be as follows. Selection Sunday is March 11th. So you'll be filling in your brackets March 11th and 13th. And then we'll have the first rounds of voting on March 13th and 14th. All of the information is at DeWaha.com. That's D-A-B-W-A-H-A dot com. The music that you're listening to was provided by Sassy Outwater. This is Caravan Palace, and the track is called Susie. If you want to give us some feedback or tell us what book better be on the DeWaha bracket or you're going to eat a puppy, you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail We answer that email account, both of us. And finally, whatever you're doing and wherever you are, we wish you the very best of reading.